The mission is simple, to help high achievers naturally eliminate emotional and physical obstacles so they can optimize their life for higher achievement. Welcome. You have just entered the Genesis Zone. Good day and welcome to the Genesis Zone Show. This is Dr. Brian Brown. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on this beautiful Thursday. Uh, Are you inflamed or stressed out to the max? Uh, Do you feel like your body just isn't cooperating with you uh, some days? You know, in today's show, I'll share four ways I've found Uh, to tackle both of these issues, stress and inflammation. And I'll also share some recent research around the link between stress and inflammation. Um, So let's dive right into today's topic. Optimized health and wellness is elusive and difficult to find in our culture. But why? I believe it's because most people live in a constant state of fight or flight mode 90% of the time, especially over the past couple of years. And then it's perpetuated and fertilized, if you will, by this air of societal thinking that conveys a message like this. We should perpetuate this fight or flight response in people 100% of the time so that we can overwhelm them with fight or flight feelings to keep them submissive. Now, I know that may seem very uh, macabre, but I think it's true. Another friend of mine put it this way, uh, you know, we should perpetuate this fight or flight response in people 100% of the time to keep them numb and ignorant to the reality that they don't have to live like this anymore. Um, I do think there's a societal uh, thinking, not not maybe consciously, but subconsciously, that we need to perpetuate this fight or flight mode. I disagree. I disagree 100%. When you're under stress, when you're living in a fight or flight st- state, what can it look like? Well, does it look like depression? Does it look like anxiety or panic? Does it look like insomnia? Uh, chronic achy joints or chronically sore muscles? Does it look like pain or chronic pain? Does it look like headaches or migraines? Does it look like muscle tension, stomach upset, tremors or shaking? You know, stress can take on many forms in your body and it most likely manifests differently for you than it does for somebody else. When I was in training, I was assigned a patient in the hospital, in the psychiatric unit, uh, that dealt with stress. Uh, this this patient was dealing with stress in a pr- pretty peculiar way. Her brain perceived that she was paralyzed on one side of her body. Now she had all the signs and symptoms of paralysis. Um, if you would pinch her on the right side of her body, she felt nothing. She didn't flinch. She didn't move. Even even by pricking with the needle, she didn't flinch. She didn't move. And these were all tests done by neurologists, kind of kind of inhumane if you ask me, but I mean, that's what you have to do to test neurological systems sometimes. Do they have a pain perception? She had zero pain perception, nothing that they did to her uh, registered uh, because her brain perceived she was paralyzed. All her MRI scans were normal. That was the crazy thing. All her neurological exams were normal other than the apparent paralysis on the right side of her body. She spent a lot of time with the psychologist talking through things, and it quickly became blatantly obvious to the psychologist 
that she had a significant amount of stress in her life. Now, once she and the psychologist started addressing the stress in therapy sessions, almost overnight, the paralysis disappeared. I'm sure in this case, as as odd as it is to hear for you and for me, as odd as it was to experience, um, I think we all know that the brain is a powerful and very complex system within our body. So the next question is this, if the brain is that powerful, does stress actually cause diseases and illnesses to manifest in the body? Uh, This is a question that's been debated for years. While it may be difficult to blame stress for causing diseases and illnesses, studies do show that stress certainly correlates with the manifestation and worsening of certain conditions. Now, I personally believe that stress does, in fact, cause disease and illness to manifest in the body. It's just that research hasn't fully proven the causal relationship yet. Now, notice I said causal relationship, not correlated relationship. There's a big difference. Let me give you an example. A splinter causes pain. That's a fact. But the splintery piece of wood on the on the handrail of your backyard deck is correlated with pain. It didn't cause the pain. The splinter caused the pain, but that handrail that had that splintery piece of wood on it was correlated with pain. So you see the difference? So what, what kinds of conditions does research show are currently correlated to stress? Well, we see correlations with stress and heart disease. We see correlations with stress and asthma, obesity, diabetes, uh, headaches, depression, and anxiety. We see correlations with gastrointestinal problems and disorders. We see correlations with Alzheimer's disease, accelerated aging, and even premature death. But why? What, what's the common denominator between all these conditions? Well, a recent study discovered that people who are subjected to frequent interpersonal stress are more prone to depression. I know, I know, you're, you're thinking, well, that's not the news flash that I was hoping for. But hold tight. This study went on to show that people who were wired to have these stress responses and subsequently develop depression, they also struggled with something the researchers called high inflammatory reactivity. And I know that's a weird term, but it perfectly explains the process of what's going on. Certain people are highly prone to being more inflamed than other people's. Now, they didn't offer any kind of explanation as to why that happened. They just noted it as a phenomenon. Some people at baseline measurements were just more inflamed than other people. And these people that were more inflamed at baseline, once they subjected themselves to these exercises where they would put themselves in the midst of these interpersonal stressful communication uh, challenges, their inflammation went up significantly more than a person who didn't have that baseline inflammation. And and those high inflammatory reactivity people were the ones most likely to develop depression. 
Now, quite simply, the deciding variable, especially in this study, the connecting bridge between stress and depression was, guess what? Inflammation. Now, there it is again, inflammation, this this word that we've been talking about forever. I mean, how many times have you heard me talk about it? But inflammation was at the heart of the issue here in the study. And remember the list of diseases that I just mentioned as being related to stress, the new or correlated to stress. The, the newest research now shows that inflammation is at the heart of those conditions as, as well. It's at the heart of heart disease, no pun intended. It's at the heart of asthma. It's at the heart of obesity. It's at the heart of diabetes. It's at the heart of headaches and depression and anxiety. It's at the heart of gastrointestinal problems. It's at the heart of Alzheimer's disease. It's at the heart of accelerated aging. And it's even at the heart of premature death. It seems safe to conclude that stress may be a trigger, but inflammation is the common denominator. So why would someone be more prone to stress than another person? Better still, why would someone be more prone to inflammation than another person? Well, the answer lies in epigenetics. Your epigenetics can wire you to be this way. And there's emerging data that's showing this. They can wire you to be more stressed than the average bear. And they can certainly wire you to be more inflamed. It seems like you've been betrayed by your genetics once again. So what can you do about it? In previous episodes of the Genesis Own Show, I've shared research of how mindfulness and meditation can positively alter inflammatory genes, resulting in less circulating inflammatory cytokines. In other words, the stuff that makes you measurably inflamed. Now, with that in mind, I have four mindfulness techniques, and you're, you're going to think, okay, the first one sounds kind of mindful, uh, meditative. The others really don't. They all are, trust me. Uh, it's just a different way of approaching it. It's a different way of thinking about it. But here are four mindfulness tech techniques that will lower your stress and lower your inflammation. First up is deep breathing. Uh, as an organ system, the gastrointestinal system is probably one of the most noticeable when it becomes inflamed. Like it gets your attention quicker than any other system. Now, that being said, there was a study published a few years ago in the Journal of Neurogastroenterology and Motility. Weird name for a journal, but that's what it is. And these researchers found that deep breathing was an excellent way to reduce inflammation in the GI system. They recommended that a person who's inflamed can spend a few minutes uh, per day or several times a day in deep breathing exercises. Now, this not only calms down the nervous system, but it also reduced inflammation. Now, it's easy to do. Here's what I recommend. It's a style of breathing called, don't laugh at the name, but it's called whiskey breathing. Now, wh what is whiskey breathing? This is a yogic uh, breathing technique that is amazingly efficient at calming the nervous system down very, very, very quickly and lowering inflammation. Now, how, do, how are you going to do this, this whiskey breathing? You're going to inhale for a count of four, and then you're going to exhale for a count of eight. I don't want you to pause or rest between the, the inhale and the exhale portion. Just move fluidly from one to the other. Inhale for a count of four, exhale for a count of eight, a slow exhale. Now, it may take a little bit of practice, but you'll get the hang of it really, really quickly. 
Now you'll do this inhale and exhale routine, this four count inhale, eight count exhale. Uh, you'll do it twice. That makes one cycle. Think of it as drawing a, 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 a rectangle. Four seconds, inhale, eight seconds, exhale. Four seconds, inhale, eight seconds, exhale. And that completes your rectangle. You're just drawing a rectangle in your mind when you're breathing. And it's sometimes good to close your eyes and just visualize that. I do that all the time. I, I If I'm doing four square breathing, which is four seconds in, four seconds out, which is more of a balancing breathing. Um, I visualize drawing a square in my mind when I'm, when I'm counting. Uh, if I'm doing whiskey breathing to calm down, I'll visualize myself drawing that triangle. Whatever you decide to do, just do that one cycle, which is two, two inhales, two exhales. And you want to, you want to do four of those cycles to complete that. And it'll calm down your nervous system and lower inflammation. Uh, the second, the second method is um, go on a media diet. Now, this is not a popular one. Uh, we truly live in a fight or flight society. I, I know that you know that. And news media, no matter what flavor of news media or talk shows you prefer, are all responsible for propagating this fight or flight phenomenon. People, I learned this from Dr. Andrew Wheel nearly twenty years ago. And it has served me well. So don't hesitate. Eliminate all audio, all video, all print news media from your life and do it now. And by the way, this includes all news media on social media. Yep. You thought I almost forgot that one, didn't you? Nope. Social media news is out. If you're on social media, just keep up with friends. That's great. Um, If you're on social media for FOMO reasons, that's that's even acceptable, but eliminate all news and all sources from your diet. Um, some out there are thinking, I know, but Dr. Brian, how how will I know what's going on in the world? I hear that argument all the time. I have a secret for you. If it's big enough news for you to know, guess what? You're going to hear about it from the 99.9% of other people in the world who are listening and reading the news. Uh, trust me on this. It works every single time. Uh, try it for 30 days and tell me how much better you feel. I dare you. Now, number three is reframe the situation. In psychiatry, we are taught uh, the concept of reframing when we're doing therapy with people. It's a concept that the great psychologist Albert Ellis taught in his system uh, of therapy called REBT. You don't really need to know that, but that was Albert Ellis's system. And he taught reframing. He believed that, uh, and I'm quoting Albert Ellis, it's not an external event that causes our feelings and actions, but instead it's our beliefs about the event and why it happened. You know, the more I experience life and the more I work with people to optimize their body and their mind, the more I agree with Albert Ellis's statement. You know, the fastest way to grow emotionally is to challenge your irrational beliefs. In other words, challenge your irrational beliefs, acknowledge them as irrational, then reframe them into something more positive. Here's a simple example. A person cuts you off on the interstate one afternoon while you're driving home from work and almost makes you wreck your vehicle. Instead of becoming angry, speeding off after them and nearly causing other people to wreck, here's how you can reframe this. 
oh, that person in the car that almost cut me or that did cut me off and almost made me wreck must have had a really sick child in their car and they were just trying to get to the hospital. That's how simple reframing is. It's not hard. Don't make it difficult. So that's reframing in a nutshell. It takes a little bit of practice because your your intuition is react the way you've always reacted. But you just have to stop yourself, say, well, time out. That was an irrational thought. I don't need to be chasing after them. I don't need to be getting angry or cursing at them, uh, flipping them a bird, whatever it is that you do. You don't need to be doing all that stuff because this day and age, somebody's going to turn around. They're going to turn around and shoot you. I mean, it's just crazy times we live in and it's not worth the risk. So just reframe it really quickly. Hey, they must have had an emergency and they didn't intend to cut me off. That's simple. All right. Last one. Number four, develop an attitude of gratitude. You know, many research studies have established that gratitude lowers stress and subsequently lowers inflammation. The next time you're stressed out, take two minutes to list out the things you're grateful for. I personally find it beneficial to list these out in in, in my head uh, first thing in the morning when I'm lying in bed just before I get up. And also in the evening, as I drift off to sleep, I'll list the things I was grateful for for that day and just in general. Scientific studies have shown us that people who practice gratitude are better adjusted, less stressed, live happier, more fulfilled lives, and have fewer illnesses. Now, all four of these these examples that I've given you are mindfulness and meditative practices in their own right. You know, I think we try to make it too woo-woo and too difficult when we hear the word mindfulness or meditation. It's not difficult at all. It just takes a bit of practice. So if you want to know uh, where you stand with your stress-related genes and your inflammation-related genes, which I highly recommend that you do get more familiar with those, I've created a five-day boot camp called the Gene Hack Boot Camp. And by the end of that five days, you'll have a keen understanding of exactly where you need to focus in your wellness journey and health recovery. If you have hangups that already exist, you'll learn about the exact genes you need to have tested in order to address those hangups. And if you're a biohacker, you'll learn how to propel your optimization journey to the next level. Additionally, in the Gene Hack Bootcamp, you'll learn some of my favorite gene-modifying natural treatments so you can begin to feel better even and, 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 and more optimized even before having your genes tested. Now, right now, enrollment for the boot camp is free. I can't promise you how long it's going to be that way, but right now you get access to the boot camp for free. To enroll, I want you to go to drbriangbrown.com forward slash gene hack forward slash boot camp. There you'll be able to register and take the first step to getting the answers you deserve. Tune in next Thursday at noon Eastern Standard Time for our next In the Zone segment where I'll be sharing the latest research and my insights about that research as it relates to optimization of your physical and emotional wellness journey, as well as your genes. Most informed, most trusted, and most grateful you spent this time with us today. Until next time, Stay in the zone. I'm Dr. Brian Brown.